0: Psalm 29. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing if that's okay. A psalm of David. Given to the Lord, O ye mighty. Given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The voice of the, the, the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Sarion, like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forests. and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people, and the Lord will bless his people with peace. In that psalm right there, there's nothing required of us. It's just praise. It's just worship. It's just adoration of the voice of God. It's upon the waters. It thundereth. The voice of the Lord is upon many waters. It, it, it explodes trees. It's just a psalm of praise. Tonight, for a few moments, I just want to speak to you on a topic. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. Let's pray over this message. Lord, I love you today, Jesus. I thank you, God, that there is already an atmosphere of praise and of worship. In this house, Lord, although it's a Wednesday night, it's a midweek, we have come together just to lift up your name, just to hear from you, God, just to spend a few moments with our church body dwelling in your holy presence. I pray, God, that you would anoint your messenger tonight, Jesus, that I would be anointed, that your anointing would fall on us tonight, God, to praise you and to worship you like you want us to do. We give you the glory and we give you the honor. And we thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. Remember the Lord your God. Memory is a funny thing because everybody talks about it. Some people have good memories. Some people are losing it. Some people can't remember memories. Some people can't forget memories. Yeah. Memory's a funny thing. I've heard somebody uh, suggest the idea that our, our mind is like an attic, and memories are like boxes in the attic. And uh, there's only so many room for so many memory boxes. So your your mind will do things to forget certain boxes because there's only so much room. Remembering is recalling our past experiences. You thinking about what you saw, what you heard, what you smelled, what you touched, what you felt physically or maybe emotionally. What did you taste? If we talk about Christmas memories or Thanksgiving memories, there's some, probably some good memories there. Some of you can probably smell a dessert right now. Now, it's not a memory, but a tangible thing that popped up, right? There's no apple pie or pumpkin pie sitting in front of you. You can't smell the turkey. But when I said smell the turkey, I just triggered a memory or a sense, right? So memory is a funny thing. There are three ways that we forget memories. First way is passive obliquescence. And you're probably going to forget that word right there. Passive oblivescence is when things just passively, just fade away, they just, you become oblivious to them. Memories just fade away out of our mind. We can't remember them anymore because either they weren't very important to us or we just stopped thinking about them all the time. And over time, our mind just lets them go. The second way we forget things is targeted forgetting. Now this isn't targeted by us, it's actually targeted by our mind. I know I'm just a 29-year-old youth pastor, but let's let a couple minutes here, let's just spend talking about some science. It's targeted forgetting by your mind, and, and you'll know this tomorrow morning when you wake up. When you go to sleep tonight, your brain will start, like, forgetting all of the things that happened today that you really don't need to hold on to. Maybe you want to hold on to them, but your brain's like, we're just going to go ahead and forget that, right? If this wasn't the case, then you would remember every single experience you've ever had in your entire life. And while that may be cool to think about, it's probably overbearing to really have that problem. If you remembered every face, every name, every pain, every regret, every everything you've ever done, if you knew, if you could remember it all, that might be a little too much. So we're thankful that our brain sometimes at night says, you know what, this is kind of random. This is kind of not needed. We're, we're going to go ahead and clear some space out to start the, the day fresh and anew tomorrow. The third way is motivated forgetting. This is by you. When you forget things on purpose, you suppress memories and you, you choose to not think about them to then not have those memories continue to come up in your mind. We're talking about memories. We're talking about remembering. We're talking about forgetting. Our memories... Our, it's when our neurons recreate the senses from a past experience. So it's it's actually not a file in your brain. Does that make sense? So it's not like let me try to remember it and your brain is you know flipping through the files and the, the filing cabinet of your that's that's not what's happening. There's there's a pathways in your mind where your neurons are trying to recall the experiences that you went through at that time. That's your memory. So a memory is not an object. It's actually an action in your mind. Memories are not objects. Memories are actions. Remember your God. Think about these things. Remember your God. I'm not asking you to flip through the files of your mind tonight because again, that memories are not They're not a thing. It's not an object. But I'm asking you to remember tonight your experiences with God. Past experiences that you've shared with him. Remembering is an action. You're thinking about those past experiences. If we don't think about those past experiences with God, they will fade away. Exodus chapter 20 is when the Ten Commandments are given to the children of Israel. And there's this this beautiful relationship that has begun in Exodus 20, where God forms a relationship with a covenant with the children of Israel. And they agree to the terms of the law. They agree to the, the terms of the covenant. And then the Lord calls Moses to the mountain to receive some more instruction. And so when you flip through Exodus 20 and 25 and 26 and 28, you you read about the Lord giving him instructions for the tabernacle and the altar and the the priest's garments and the the priest's breastplate and the robe and the altars and the offerings, the altars of incense. You read about all these things. And then in Exodus 32, Exodus 32, verse 1. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Get up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and of your sons and of your daughters. Bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them to Aaron, And he received them in his hand, and they fashioned it with a graving tool after he made it into a molten calf. And they said, These be the gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. I would assume between Exodus Uh, 12 and 13 and Exodus 32, there were were probably some new babies in Israel that didn't experience the parting of the Red Sea and didn't experience being delivered out of Egypt. And so this is probably the first time that they've heard who brought them out of the land of Egypt. How tragic that it was not the right memory. Verse 5. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. And the Lord said unto Moses, who's still on the mountain at this time, Go get thee down, for thy people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. And they have turned aside quickly. Out of the way, which I have commanded them, they have made them a molten calf and have worshiped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said that these be the gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Picture for me, if you will, Israel is camped at the base of this mountain. And in the book of Exodus, it describes the presence of God coming down on this mountain like, like smoke in the cloud. The mountain was consumed with fires is words that it uses. And so Moses goes up into the mountain to commune with God. I'm assuming that the the smoke and the fire is still on the mountain. And with that still in the view of the children of Israel, they can still see the presence of God. Yeah, Moses hasn't come back down yet, and we don't know what happened to him. But it's still visible. The presence of God is still able to be seen at the base of that mountain. And they said, "Get up, Aaron, make us a golden calf. That's who brought us out of the land of Egypt." That's a suppressing memory right there. Not only did they, they forget who brought them out of the land of Egypt, but they, they made up a different story. They created a different narrative. It's a different way of forgetting. Israel gets leery of Moses being gone so long, and tragically, they create the golden calf, offer its sacrifices. They play is what it says. They had a feast and said that the golden calf is what brought them out of the land of Egypt. It's the wrong memory. The Lord said that they turned aside quickly. They did not remember. They stopped testifying about God making a way for them. They stopped Testifying about the Red Sea parting. They stopped singing his praises like the song of the sea. They stopped singing those songs that the Lord has cast the rider and the horse and his rider into the sea. They stopped singing those praises of God. They stopped telling their children what they remembered of that night. They stopped talking about the, the, the way that it looked. When every dad from Israel grabbed a lamb that night and and slew that lamb and the things that they saw when they painted that lamb's blood over the doorpost, they, they forgot that sight. They stopped talking about that sight. They stopped remembering that sight of the blood being over the doorpost. They stopped talking about the smell of that lamb then being roasted as God told them how to make it for dinner that evening and the unleavened bread that he also gave them instruction for. They forgot the way that 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 food smelled over the open fire that night and they stopped talking about the night of the Passover. They stopped remembering the sounds of the hush as the Lord went through Israel and took the firstborn of the houses that didn't have the blood painted over the doorpost they stopped remembering the wail of egypt as the as the people found their firstborns dead they stopped remembering the cries of the mothers they stopped remembering the cries through the entire land they 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 stopped remembering these things they stopped talking about them they stopped testifying about them they stopped remembering the Lord they stopped remembering that sound of freedom that they had been waiting for for so long when Pharaoh finally said let my people go and he said okay go ahead and go be gone go sacrifice to your God and they they heard that freedom that they were now able to leave they, they could get up and go. I, I don't know what that sight looks like when 600,000 men plus women and children just pick up and leave overnight. But they remember everybody getting together all of their stuff and, 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 and gather your, your bread baskets and your, your goods and your animals and get your kids and your beds. We're going. We're getting out of here. They stopped talking about that sight. Man, you should have seen it. I've never seen anything like it. It was a mass exit. Imagine that. It was a mass exodus. We just, all just, we just got up and left. I'll never forget seeing that, the joy on people's faces when they realize tomorrow morning I might wake up in a desert, but I'm not, I'm not under a slave master anymore. They stopped remembering that. They stopped talking about it. They stopped testifying about those things. I don't know what it looks like. There have been movies made, which give me a good imagination maybe to what it looked like, but they stopped testifying about when they hit the Red Sea, and they thought, uh-oh, there's nowhere to go. And then there were some accusations against Moses. What did you do? You brought us out here to die. We, we were better off back there. They, they, they stopped talking about that. And then all of a sudden, Moses, what's, what is he doing over there? He's lifting up his hand and his, his rod, his staff, and then all of a sudden, the, the water just splits. It just it parts. And up until my mind, a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I can't remember, I just saw the water split and it was flat ground. They just went across and I started thinking about it. And I thought, no, a sea, you're going down into the depths of the sea. And so they're, they're pulling, they got carts and they got wagons and they're going down into the depths and the walls of water on the sides of them. But yet the ground is dry and the moms and the dads and the grandparents stopped remembering that night. How could you stop remembering that night? These these miracles that happened to them firsthand. And they stopped remembering that the Lord did all of this. That when that rod was lifted up, the sea just split. My brother flew over from the Middle East last last year, and he sent me a picture from his plane that he was flying over the Red Sea. And it was way bigger than I thought in my, in my imagination. I thought that thing split. And a nation of people walked through on dry ground. And then as they came through that ocean, and the Egyptians now were suddenly hot on their trails, all of a sudden the walls come crashing back down. And with their own eyes, they witnessed the demise of Pharaoh and his armies. And it says that, that his armies were on the shore dead that day. And they stopped testifying about it. They stopped remembering it. They stopped telling their kids about it. And then there's a, there's a pillar of fire at night because even though it's a desert, it can get cold at night. And so the Lord guides their way, he gives them light, and he gives them warmth. And then there's a sun in the middle of the day, and he gives them a cloud to cover their head. And then they're hungry, and they say, Moses, there's, there, there again, you hear some accusations from somebody else. You brought us out here to starve. So he says, Lord, we need, we need food. And all of a sudden, the next morning, there's, there's, there's manna on the ground. What is this? It's, it's, this is your provision. And they say, we're, we're thirsty. We're in the middle of this desert. And he touches a rock and water flows from that rock. These miracles that have happened before these people, they've experienced it firsthand. It's their memory. They were there. They can recall it. And they stop remembering. And they're settled in the desert at the base of this mountain. And Moses is up in the mountain. And they say, make us a golden calf. That's who delivered us from Egypt. They forgot their God. I imagine that stories were passed down in that day by whenever the sun went down and the work day ended, that a fire was lit and, and mom or dad or somebody went ahead and started preparing dinner. And you ate dinner around the fire because there was no TV and there was no radio and there wasn't anything to sit around at at night, so you just sat around the fire. And you told stories. And this elder came over this night, and we've got this elder going to come over tomorrow night. And he's going to tell us a story. I, I mean, how else would you spend your nights, right? And so they, they would just pass down stories. That's how these stories were handed down through generation to generation. They just sat around fires at night talking about the goodness of the Lord. I wonder tonight, and just a quick interjection and a quick, quick question. Are we telling the stories of the Lord in our downtime? Are we remembering God? Are we remembering his experiences in our downtime? When the work day ends and it's time for dinner and it's time to settle down and 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 settle in for a a long desert night's sleep? What's the story that's being told around the fire? Are you are you testifying about God's goodness? Because here's the thing. Time after time after time after time in the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's this reference made back to when he delivered us out of the land of Egypt. And if you, if you weren't there, you might think, that kind of gets old. They keep using that, you know. They keep, they keep talking about how they were delivered out of slavery and how the, the Red Sea split. I feel like if that was me, I hope if that was me and that was my experience, that I would talk about it every single day until people were tired of it. <laughs> and then the sea split. And then there was quail on the ground because we were tired of the manna. And then the water flowed out of this rock, and it was incredible. And the fire came down from the sky, and I testify, I tell that story all day long. It's what we remember. Remember the Lord your God. I'm going to read to you Deuteronomy chapter 8. This is Moses delivering a speech unto the people. Deuteronomy chapter 8, I read the first two verses at the beginning. All the commandments which I command you to do this day shall you observe and do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And you should remember all the ways which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to prove you and to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled thee, and he suffered thee to hunger. But then he fed thee with manna, which you did not know what it was. Neither did your fathers know, that he might make thee know, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And if you're wondering if that's what Jesus quoted in the temptation of the desert, yes. Deuteronomy 8 and 3. Your, your raiment waxed not old upon you. Your clothes stayed new. Neither did your feet swell. Amen to that. These these 40 years you were kept. Verse 5, "...thou shalt also consider in your heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so do the Lord God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, the land of brooks and of water." of fountains and depths and springs out of valleys and hills, so much more beautiful than an Egyptian prison, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, and a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given you. Verse 11 is his warning. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have has been multiplied then your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Just in case you thought Egypt was a place with good garlic and leeks. No, it was a house of bondage. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water? Who brought thee forth water out of a rock of flint? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers know not that you might be able to be humbled and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end? And thou say in thine heart, my power and might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. No, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you that this day you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. Do not think that it is by your own power and by your own might that you have created wealth, for yourself it is he who made us and not we ourselves even the thought of yeah well i got up and went to work today i'm the one that clocked in i'm the one that did the work i get i earned my paycheck he put the breath in your lungs you're the one that that went to work but he's the one that woke you up this morning it is not we who made us it is he who made us It's time that we remember the Lord, our God. It's time we remember that the Lord is the one that brought us out. I don't know what 2020 brought you. I don't know if it brought you financial turmoil. I don't know if it brought you personal struggle. I don't know if it brought you emotional distress. I don't know if it brought you health problems. But I know that it was God who brought us through 2020. I also... Don't know what kind of financial success you've had. I also don't know what kind of health, good health you've got. I don't know what kind of wealth you've got. I don't know what kind of emotional stability you feel like you've got now that 2020 is over and we feel good month number two of 2021. I don't know what kind of personal gain you've gathered, but I'm here to remind you tonight that it is not you who accomplished those things. It is the Lord our God. He has brought you all of these things. He has brought you through all of these things. Remember who brought you through. Remember who held your hand. Remember who held your heart. A a memory is not something that, it's not an object. We can't go back and, and pick it up, but it's an experience that we recall and we remember the senses and the feelings and the nights that we cried and the prayers that we prayed and the tears that rolled down our cheek. And the frustration that we felt when we, we felt like we just, we, we weren't advancing with the way maybe God, we thought God was going to advance us. Lord, I'm trying. Is this not your will? It is. It's just not his time. Remember those times with God. Remember the Lord. I have two messages to you tonight. The first message is, remember it is he that brought you out. The second message... It is to remind you of who he is. It is the Lord God Almighty, the creator of heaven and of earth. Let me remind you of who the Lord your God is. Psalm 29, the psalm of David, it's a psalm of praise and of nothing else. Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The voice of the Lord is upon many waters. The God of glory thundereth. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Trees are shattering. Shattering at the voice of God. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. Mighty, mighty trees are shattering at the voice of God. He is powerful today. He maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. The voice of the Lord divideth the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness. The Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest. And in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. He is the Lord God Almighty and he is the Lord your God. Let me remind you tonight of who God is. He is our friend and he is our father. And we preach grace at this church because everyone is due grace. But a lot of times, hear me, a lot of times we can get very comfortable with God. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be comfortable with God. We should be very comfortable. But we should also reverence his presence. We should talk to him like a friend, but we should also talk to him like a friend that created the heavens and the earth. We should talk to him like a friend, but we should also talk to him like a friend that created man from the dust of the ground. I'm not telling you to be uncomfortable. I'm telling you to be comfortable. When you get the face of God, when you seek his face, you'll be comfortable in his presence. His his spirit is the comforter. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But I'm trying to remind you tonight who our God is, the creator of heaven and in earth. Who is this that created all these things? That when his voice moved upon the face of the deep, that he caused land to come up out of the waters, that there was light in the universe before there was a sun, that he caused the moon and the stars to appear at night, that he created every animal in the earth, on the land and in the sea and in the sky. He created all these things. Who is this? It's the Lord, your God. Who said, I want a friend. I'm gonna create man of the dust of the ground. And with dust, he built a man. And then for the man to have a helpmate, he took his rib and created a woman. Who was that? That was the Lord, your God. He is the creator. Who was it, Adam, that formed you of the dust of the ground? When you were nothing, when there was no man, you were the first man. Who was that? That was the Lord, your God. Who was it, Noah, when your generation was filthy and wicked and you found grace in the eyes of God? And he said, I'm going to give you a blueprint for an ark for the saving of your family. And the whole earth was destroyed by a flood except for him and his wife, his three sons and their wives and animals. Who was that, Noah? That was the Lord, your God. Who was it, Abraham, when you went up to the mountain to sacrifice your son? That ram caught in the thicket. Who was that, Abraham? Abraham, that was the Lord your God. Who was it, Joseph, that when you were sold into slavery stood by your side every moment while you were in prison and kept you? Who was it, Joseph, that elevated you so when there was a famine in the land, you were able to save your family? Who was that, Joseph? That was the Lord your God. Who was it, Moses? When you were on the backside of a desert, you saw a bush burning but was not being consumed. Who was it, Moses, that spoke to you out of that bush and said, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. Moses, I am calling you to lead your people out of the land of Egypt. Who is it, Moses, that when he, he hardened Pharaoh's heart, he sent you back to him and said, "I—it's the, it's the great I am. You don't have to worry about talking. I'll send Aaron. We're going to do this. We're going to get my people out of the land of bondage. Who was it, Moses, when you stood before the Red Sea and all those people were really angry at you? I told you, stand still and you're gonna see the salvation. Hold up your rod, the waters parted. Who was that, Moses? That was the Lord your God. Who was it, Israelites, that led you on a way out of bondage? Who was it, Israelites, when you stood before that Red Sea that gave you a leader to go ahead and part those waters? Who was it, Israel? When you were hungry, he gave you manna. When you were hungry, he gave you quail. When you were thirsty, he gave you water out of a rock. Who was that, Israelites? That was the Lord your God. Who was it, Joshua, that told you, go ahead and lead these armies, go ahead and defeat all of these armies that are coming against the armies of Israel? Who was it, Joshua, that said, you're going to go before the wall of Jericho, march around at one time for six days, seven times on the seventh day, blow your horn, shout with a voice of victory and triumph, and the walls are going to fall down flat? Who performed that for you, Joshua? Was that you? Was that the Israelites? No, that was the Lord your God. Who was it, Samson, that after you had sinned, given into temptation with that woman, had your Nazarite vow broken, cut your hair, and you were pinned in in prison? Who was it that let your hair grow back, gave you strength, and you killed more people in your death than in your life? Who was that, Samson? That was the Lord your God. Who was it, David, that anointed you when you were a little boy and you just waited and waited and waited and then he led you to to the Valley of Elah and he said, let's go ahead, and get some five smooth stones right down here. Who was that, David, that inspired you to do that? Who was that, David, that gave you armor to stand in front of the God and, and stand in front of the... Uh, philistine and say you have come against the army of the lord and i'm, I'm not coming against you with a sword and a, a spear but i'm going to come against you in the name of the lord yes. through a stone killed that that uncircumcised philistine who was that david who was it that anointed you to then be the king over israel who was that david that was the lord your god who was it elijah when those prophets of Baal stood before you and said, we're going to have a test today. We're going to see who the real God is today. Who was it that backed you up when you poured water on that altar and rained fire down from heaven and proved those prophets of Baal wrong? Who was it, Elijah? That was the Lord your God. As a matter of fact, Psalm 29 is, is a, a psalm against words for Baal. Back in that time, they were promoting and and saying, Baal's the greatest. He's the best. He's the one that makes the thunder and the rain. And David comes in here and says, no, no, no. Let me just tell you, Baal's not, that's that's not real. That's not the guy. That's not where it's at. It's the voice of the Lord on the waters. It's the voice of glory of God that thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. This is the Lord my God. Who was it, Peter, that when you were on that boat, you said, Lord... If it's you, bid me come. He said, come. And you stepped out on that water and stood on something. I don't know what he stood on, but he stood on something. Who was that, Peter, that called you out? It was the Lord your God. Who was it, people in the New Testament, in the Gospels, when you were lowered down through a roof, you were unable to walk from birth? Who walked over to you and said, behold, who healed you? Who gave strength to your legs? Who made your blind eyes be able to see? Who cast the demons into a, a pack of pigs on the side? Who did these miracles? That was the Lord your God. The creator of heaven and earth is the Lord your God. Who was it? Paul. That while you thought you were doing the right thing on a road to Damascus, shined a bright light out of his mercy and grace and said, I've got something better, a higher calling for you. I'm not just going to cast you to the side. I'm going to call you to lead my church. Who was it, Paul? That was the Lord, your God. Who is it, New Testament church that rained down the fire of the Holy Ghost in an upper room? Who was that? Who is that that lives on the inside of you, New Testament church, with his spirit that is the Lord your God? Who is it, Saint of Tree of Life Church, that delivered you from something last year? Who was it that provided for you when you thought, this is it, I'm about tapped out? Who was that for you? Who was it when you called on his name? Who was it when you came to an altar and an elder laid hands on you and anointed your head with oil? Who was it that healed your body? Who was it that put money into your bank account? Who was it that healed your mind? Who was it that healed your heart? Who was it that gave you grace? Who was it that has favored you above all things? Who was it that has honored your work? Who was it that has anointed you? Who was it that has saved you? Who was it that gave you his name to be buried in baptism with? That is the Lord, your God. He has provided for you. He has healed you. He has delivered you. He's touched your mind. He's touched your heart. He's touched your body. He's touched your marriage. He's touched your kids. He's touched your family and your children and your children's children up to a thousand generations. Who is that? That's the Lord, your God. That's the Lord your God. Remember tonight the Lord your God. It is he that have made you and not we ourselves. We can grow confident in our abilities because it's stuff that we see every day. But we cannot forget that it is the Lord our God. That even through this message, you haven't even thought about breathing, but he kept you breathing. You haven't even thought about saying amen. You just said amen because your mind is, is functioning correctly, and you said amen. When you go to sleep tonight, he's going to keep you. He's going to keep the blood going through your system. He's going to keep you healthy. The things we don't even think about, God does that for us. I remember when we had Elias, I, I felt so confident in my ability to keep myself alive. We brought a baby home, and I thought, I, how am I supposed to keep this baby alive? And we'd lay him in his crib at night. And that very first night at the house, I remember praying, Lord, I can't breathe for him. I can't make his heart beat. I can't make him wake up and cry to tell us he's hungry. And so I prayed that prayer, Lord, keep his lungs breathing and his heart beating. It is you who made him and not me and i prayed that night after night and it's kind of that that humbling thing to realize it's it's he who made us not we ourselves it's it's that reminder that I, i'm not even the one making myself breathe right now i'm not even my i'm not even the one making my own heart pump right now it is he who made us and not we ourselves he is our shepherd we shall not want thank you lord if you feel like praising i'm just going to go ahead and encourage you to praise him he is the great i am He is the Everlasting Father. Before time was, He was, and after time ends, He will be. He is the Everlasting Father. He is the Eternal One. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the Prince of Peace. He is your advocate. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the ending. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. He is the Holy One of Israel. He is the strength of my life. He is my shield. He is my light and my salvation is my messiah. He is the last Adam. He is my high priest. He is my righteousness. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my strong tower. He is the lawgiver and he is the fulfillment of the law. He is the word made flesh. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is Elohim. That means he's mighty. He's El Shaddai. That means he's all sufficient. And he's Adonai. That means he is the Lord your God. Remember who it is that you worship. He is the Father of heaven and earth. He's the Prince of Peace. He is wonderful. He is the Counselor. He is the Great Physician and the Healer. He is the Bread of Life. He is the living water. He is our advocate and our righteous judge. He is the light of the world. He is the bright and morning star. Who? That's the Lord, your God. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one that has pulled you from the power of sin and death and has made a place for you in heaven. He was your sacrifice. He is your salvation. He was the resurrection and the life. He is the mighty God. He's your maker. He's your master. He's the truth, the way. He's the word of life. He's the great eye. Am. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion and the Lamb. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's the Great Shepherd. He's the Chief Cornerstone. He is Jehovah. He is Jesus who has saved you. He is the author of your salvation. He is the firstborn. He is your forerunner. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the creator of all things. Before anything was, He was. He is the branch. He is the vine. He is the husbandman. He is our kinsman redeemer. He's the lily of the valley. He's our deliverer. I want to remind you tonight who he is. That is the Lord your God. Would you give him praise tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I would ask tonight that we just let this room become a place of praise and of worship. Whatever way you worship best, I'm asking you to do that. Let this room be a place of praise. Let this room be a a, a place of worship where we just remember the Lord our God. I want you to think about those times where he's delivered you. I want you to think about those times where you thought, I cannot do this on my own. And when there was no way, he made a way. When there was no way, he was the way. I want you to just praise him tonight. Talk about his voice. Talk about how strength he is, how strong he is. Talk about his power. Talk about his might. Talk about them. Lord, there is nobody like you. There is no rival. There is no one beside you. No one even compares to you. You are my friend, God, but you are still the almighty creator. Hallelujah. Come on, whatever, whatever mouth you have used this week to glorify something else, I'm asking that you glorify the Lord tonight. I'm asking that you praise God tonight. I'm asking that you talk about the strength of his, of his voice in your life. I'm asking that you talk about the power of his voice. When he speaks, trees shatter and lightning flashes across the sky. I'm asking you to just talk about his power and his might and his strength today. Maybe remind your fears of who your God is. Maybe remind your doubts of who your God is. Maybe remind whatever questions you have in your fleshly carnal self of who your God is. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Therefore whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I even be afraid?" When the wicked, my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this thing will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after: that I may dwell in the house of the Lord and remember those times all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set me upon a rock and now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy I will sing yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, Him I declare unto you. It is God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He is the Lord of heaven and earth. Dwelleth not in temples made with hands; neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needs anything, seeing that he giveth life to all, and breath, and all things, and has made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. These these men in Greece had an altar to an unknown God I don't know who that is and Paul said let me tell you who you're worshiping maybe you're new to the tree of life church and you're wondering "I've, I've not had a long relationship with God yet but I love feeling his presence I love feeling his joy and I love just 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 dwelling with him he is a friend what a great and mighty friend I've just come tonight to to tell you two things remember him in all things and remember who the Lord your God is. Don't forget that thousands of years ago there was nothing and God spoke and there was. Don't forget that there was no way for us to be saved in our own self and so he came down from heaven, wrapped himself in flesh, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect, holy, sinless life Died the death on the cross that you and I deserve. That's your friend. That's the Lord Almighty, your God. Three days later, he rose again and ascended into glory forevermore. Then, during a prayer meeting, he came down in the midst of that prayer meeting and dwelt on those apostles and those brethren and those sisters and then filled them with his spirit and gave them his power. They were endued with power from on high. Who is that? That's the Lord your God nobody else bought you nobody else died a death that you were supposed to die nobody else has purchased you purchased the cost of your sin it's all Jesus who am I worshiping tonight it's the Lord your God thank you Jesus let's just praise him tonight In whatever way you want to do, just praise Him. If you want to dance, dance. I know it's a Wednesday, but He's still worthy of it. I know you had a long day at work and it's 8 o'clock, but the Lord, our God Almighty, He reigns and He is still worthy of our praise. He's worthy of every song I could ever sing. He's worthy of every breath I could ever breathe. He's worthy of every offering that I'm going to bring. He is worthy of it all. Let's create an atmosphere of praise and worship